Thank you for joining us for this episode of All About PR. I'm your host, Tarunjit Ratan. If you are tuning in for the first time on this podcast, we speak to experts from the world of PR and communication from across the world and bring you interesting conversations from it. In season three, we are introducing a special segment titled Media Shots, where we will invite strong and grounded voices from the media community to join us for a frank conversation on communication. In this episode of All About PR, we have with us Harshida Savant, senior editor of CNBC Awaz, who will speak to us about what makes a PR pitch perfect for her. Harshida comes with over two decades in journalism and is the winner of the prestigious Ramnath Goenka Excellence Award in Journalism for Business and Economics for her special series on innovators in India. A seasoned journalist, she has covered various beats that include corporate India, stock markets, startups and policy action. In her current position, she tracks large corporates and equity markets to startups and the Indian venture capital industry. The master storyteller's vast experience and in-depth research helps her give a perspective to audiences, not only on the known listed conglomerates, but also the next dream runners and unicorns in the startup system. Today, she speaks to us about the finer nuances of the Media PR Association, along with her experience with the field. So let's add her on. Welcome, Harshita. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, Tarun. How are you? And great to be back. It's always nice to speak to you. We always get so many insights, so much information about the industry and about the nuances of how media and PR should seamlessly work together. Before we start and get into the subject, can you help our audience understand how you got started in journalism and why did you choose this field? So I never thought I'd go, I'd actually be a journalist, Tarun. I remember at one point in time when I was doing my BCom final year, I had a conversation with my dad and I said, you know what, I want to join the armed forces. And my dad was in the armed forces at that point in time. And he was like, okay, are you sure? And at that time, women were only enrolled for short service commission and all. And he said, you know, this is a fact of life. So we went through all the course where women would perhaps join. Engineers was one and I was not an engineer. I was a BCom to be graduate. Then there was ordinance. My dad was always an infantry officer and infantry me to jagathi ni. So then it came to MI wing, okay, military intelligence. And then I was speaking to a couple of people, some of his course mates. They said, oh, communication skills is supposed to be very important. And so then, of course, I enrolled into this PG course. My first internship was with Z News. I absolutely loved it. And then long forgotten was the whole passion of joining the army. And yeah. I was just hooked. But why I chose this field after that was because it gave me an opportunity to meet new people, explore new ideas, explore new stories, and most importantly, bring forth the impact various policies or actions or products can bring about in people's lives. And that just got me hooked. Awesome. I think the industry gained a fantastic talent when you decided to join it. Yeah, I don't know how, what kind of a army officer would have me. <laughs> <laughs> well, life always kind of puts you in the right place where you're supposed to be, right? Yeah. So the news industry has changed a lot over the last 10 years. And in fact, I would say the television news industry has changed even more. Can you share with us a few observations that you had about the changes that have happened in the industry? So, oh my God, it's evolving every minute, right? Because now everyone speaks about these uh, digital newsrooms and integrated newsrooms and all of that. And I remember it used to be TV first. And then, of course, if you had a website, then everything would go onto the website. But now it's completely flipped. It's digital first. So right. a lot of people would send in their flashes to your office group, uh, whether they're on WhatsApp or via mail. And then everyone itching to put it out on Twitter and say, hey, I broke it first here. But that's been a complete flip. 
but I, I'll talk about in terms of news on TV has evolved so much. I remember the whole phase when everyone was screaming and shouting at each other. That still very much happens. But I think now, especially in the last two years, is more yeah. about action, right? And I think that's very good. I mean, that perhaps has been one blessing of the pandemic that people have become a lot more compassionate when they are going out and reporting than they were earlier. Interesting. You have in fact started out as a business and sports journalist, if I'm not wrong. And in fact, your startup world stories have won you a lot of awards. What, out of all these segments that you cover, which one is something that is close to your heart? So I enjoyed everything. I started off with Archdak. So I did business, yes, I was part of the business team. And then one day I was told to go and shoot a promo for the upcoming Wimbledon. And then I somewhat convinced my boss that, okay, I'll do this. Blackmail is actually the right word. But let me start covering sports as well. So he was like, okay, fine. And then I was covering sports and it was so much fun. But with business, of course, then I was more tuned into markets when CNBC Avas launched and eventually joined their team. And I've done markets for all these years, 16, 17 years with being with CNBC Avas. And then when the startup ecosystem was expanding in India, and I remember ordering books from Flipkart and then learning about how Amazon was going to enter the market and how Mintra was expanding and then there's so many other websites that caught my eye and it was just luck by chance that I was given this show to host because the other person who was hosting the show earlier, Avaz Entrepreneur, was moving on from the company and I absolutely loved it and I get excited every time I read or hear about a startup, every time I walk in and I've said this to you before, every time I walk into a supermarket and I see new products and I'm like, hmm, where has this been made? Oh, it's manufactured here. <laughs> it's really great. Maybe we can get in touch with this company. So yeah, it's just the newness of the ecosystem something new is happening every day in the startup ecosystem and that just keeps me excited. Absolutely and those were exciting times when word startup became the buzzword, right? Yes and it still is, right? These were small companies. I remember how Zomato was and we used to collect, don't you remember, so many menu cards of various restaurants to figure out where to order food. Eventually Zomato started doing that and now here is a company that has made life so much easier for you and me, who are complete foodies and can hog ourselves to death perhaps someday. And it's going to get listed in the Indian market so soon, like I guess another couple of months. It's just amazing. And to see that whole story evolve from a small idea to eventually go out and get listed, that's the complete journey of a company per se. And then there's so much more that a company like that has to offer to a journalist who's covering the beat. Absolutely. But so many changes happening out there in the industry. There must be something apart from the excitement of discovering the story. What else keeps you in the industry? Honestly, I just enjoy doing this. And maybe it's the fact of trying to figure out how a particular product, a particular story is impacting people's lives. I mean, there's so many startups that people talk about. There's so many D2C brands. But I remember there was this one point in time that I went out and I explored so many products that impact companies, impact startups world going out and doing, whether it was making little gadgets that would help a child uh, survive through pneumonia or anything. So I think it's primarily the impact and the messaging that keeps me going. There have been days when I want to just stay in bed and say, can I sleep a little longer? But that happens to most of us or some of us sometime or the other in our life cycles at work. But there's so much more that's happening and there's so much more that people need to know and learn about and how lives can be changed. I come from that school of thought. How can this impact your life and how can you use this particular information to do something different? Amazing. And I think that particular spark that you're talking about is actually one of the key skills that you need to keep not just surviving but thriving in the industry. 
Yeah, correct. So, and then there's also this thing about how you're approaching your particular genre that you cover or where can your passion take you. If you say equity markets, and equity markets can be very, very boring and it was very boring for me, believe me, initially, because when I was doing my graduation, friends of mine were investing in the equity markets and they would watch CNBC through the day and I would be like, what's going on? Because it didn't really appeal to me at that point in time and these people were just watching those stock prices because they were trading and they were actively involved, right? I wasn't. But then when I got an opportunity to intern with CNBC, and that's when I realized, hey, this is how it works. Of course, we all learned about bulls and bears in our commerce classes and all of that. And I was a commerce graduate. So I liked looking at, you know, how balance sheets were made, etc, etc, and how economic policies were formed. But to actually tell somebody as to why HUL stock price is going up, and what eventually could be the impact on the market and consumer preferences was another ball game altogether. And I'm just so glad that over a period of time that I have picked up that skill set. And I remember the first day when I had to, I was told that you're going to start tracking markets. The first thing I did was call up my friend who used to invest at that point in time in college and say, hey, I'm going to be doing this. Now tell me when you used to watch a particular show on CNBC, what is it that you wanted to know? And whatever feedback I got from my friend is how I thought I should channel my journalism or my stories as well. Amazing. That's actually going down right to the crux of the matter and you're looking at what the consumer wants. Very interesting. Asta, what was your first day as an anchor like? What was that day like? It was terrible. <laughs> it was terrible. Of course, we had this whole dry run and all of that, everything. But I was told at that point in time, Awas hadn't launched. We used to host three shows on CNBC TV 18. One was the breakfast show, English Bulletin and a Hindi Bulletin. And then there was this mid-afternoon show on stocks, which was bilingual. And then four o'clock again, there was this evening bulletin. Okay, this was before Awas was launched. And so I was told that, okay, tomorrow you're going to be hosting the breakfast show i fumbled through perhaps every line i read okay i looked like a deer in the headlights and my boss very politely mr pogalia called me and i asked him and i was dreading that call and i knew he would watch the show called me and he said okay hi point number one the pink that you wore does not suit you you shouldn't wear that jacket at all throw it okay Okay, fine. Okay, that you know, that's a polite way to say that uh, you were a complete and utter disgrace. And I'm <laughs> regretting why I put you on air. Um, so I was like, uh, okay. And what about the rest of it? He says, Thodi si or practice karlo, ho jayega. Uh, you are someone who's better at extempo, so don't rely on the teleprompter, you know. And with someone like him saying that to me, and I was like, okay, fine. And I, I just knew that I had to work doubly hard because uh, I remember while reading Hindi in school, I used to stutter, stammer, everything would happen. And I'm just blessed, I think, I've run this long career in Hindi journalism. But now I read Hindi much, much better and much more fluently than I used to. So yeah, I was fear, nervousness, everything together. And then excitement, oh wow, I'm actually doing this. (laughs) <laughs> but uh, to be honest, Tarun, I've always been a reporter first. Anchoring just happened to me. Life is not the same for kids who are doing journalism right now. They And they're very, very clear that they want to be on television and they want to be anchors. For me, I was happy and a very proud journalist. I still am. I would happily go chase a story uh, whenever I can. And I like being out on the field. And anchoring is something that I enjoy as well now. Awesome. We're glad you kept at it because I watched a lot of your shows. And Mr. Pugalia is right. You're great at extempo. Uh, yeah. 
ಮಾರ್ಕೆಟ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೀಟ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೀಟ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೀಟ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೀಟ್ಸ್ಟ್
I completely mm. understand that. Then please say that outright. Uh, we know that the company is in news for X, Y, and Z, but we would like to focus upon this particular point, and we'd be happy if you could you know, help us do that. The minute you're honest, then it's easier for the journalist to figure out. And if it happens, it happens, it happens. The person will tell you upfront, "Hey, don't mm. tell me not to ask this. I am going to ask this question." And depending on the answer. is eventually the story put out so yes to me i think it's essential that you lay all the cards on the table absolutely i believe it's better to be honest on that rather than you them doing the story and finding it out later you end up spoiling your relationship forever but for the benefit of our audience list out three essential things that you wished every pr professional knew when it came to pitching a story first and foremost please check if that particular person or the particular story has been covered by the journalist earlier or not because what happens is agencies change and many a times young people don't check when was the last time this particular company was covered and whether it was covered on the same channel by the same reporter or not and the same story is pitched again so please don't do that when you are pitching a story and if you think that if it's a compelling story to tell again then please share information in terms of data points it could be the number of average users that have been targeted by the company or uh, some particular data that they were trying to chase and they have achieved that it could be number of subscribers number of orders bagging some particular big award or it could be anything but it to be new data that is one point and eventually all of it has to come together and it has to be something that an audience or lay person would want to watch now a lot of people send me stories on sas and ai and all of that i know it's really hot but you must understand that for me as a tv journalist to shoot that and tell my audience hey this is something that's really exciting is very very difficult to do that's where i get stuck i i know i want to talk about ai i know i want to talk about software as a service but how do i present it on television that is a dilemma for television journalists because you have to make it visually interesting right i mean writing for print is so much easier i think at times but for tv that's where it happens is it going to turn into a great visual story because that's what you want people on television news to do absolutely that's very sane advice but you know in today's time when we are all going through this covid situation maintaining and managing or you know coordinating with a journalist or simply catching up with somebody is tough especially for pr professionals like you mentioned how would you advise them on how to get started with it so atarun honestly you know i am so bad at this because i don't have the patience at times to sit and listen to pitches <laughs> at all so when people come and say hey can we come and visit you in the office i'm like no don't come don't take the effort i know some people really like to do that initially a lot of people would come and meet us and all but it just gets overwhelming but i think in the days of whatsapp and email it's very very easy to just shoot out an email and say this is what my client about and please don't call before you send the email email bhej do uske baad message kar sakte ho uske baad eventually call karna okay because a lot of many times what happens is hi i'm so and so and this is about my client and you're like okay and there's so much of information being just thrown at you and you're trying to figure out have i heard about this company or i haven't heard about this company okay what was the name of the company again and then you're finally like hey wait a minute hang on have you sent me a mail oh i'm just shooting it out to you so please send the mail first and then you can follow up that is point number 1 point number 2 i think pr person needs to know how a particular journalist is functioning at this point in time because see most mm-hmm. of us are working from home some of us have the opportunity to go to work you know sometimes 
during a week or during a month but not everyone is in office so how are they functioning and it's easy you follow them on social media you follow them on their particular channel you'll know how they're functioning and when it comes to me and my show in the last 2 years but in a half year rather it's turned into a conversation show it's a panel discussion so don't pitch me that individual idea if you know three other people who are in that same business as your client is you can say you know this is what my client is doing this is what the other people are doing this is a trend maybe you'd like to consider it okay it just makes life so much easier because what's also happening is and i'll be very very honest we used to be in our newsrooms tarun we used to get to interact with our colleagues people from other channels people would come and meet us in office we would go out for press conferences there was a lot of brainstorming that was happening so i would like go through like 16 17 newspapers and magazines all together in a day because there's so much information somewhere ki something you may have missed and that gives you so many more ideas that's no longer the case okay i struggle to catch up with newspapers itself now mm-hmm. because it's so difficult to read everything online and there's so much more that just skips so whatever you've subscribed to and you know that this is where things of my interest are going to be coming to me is great but the brainstorming is not happening so you know catching trends is not as easy honestly even for journalists now so if you have a trend in mind or you think there could be a possibility of trend in mind you must mention it and share it with the journalist i would really really appreciate it if that happens it plants a seed of thought in your mind as well and then you can eventually treat it how you want to and how your particular channel or your particular audience would like it to be treated absolutely insightful when you mentioned that you know every journalist now is working as a complete media house in themselves right from research to scripting to producing all of it is happening possibly from their own homes yeah but i would also add guys understand the medium that you're pitching to right very essential for young pr professionals read the newspaper see the channel watch the show before you actually pitch to that particular journalist and second switch on the television and see if the person is on television before you call them <laughs> yes <laughs> yes <laughs> i i've heard you complain a lot about that when you know people have called you right in the middle of a show and you're like can you please call me later i don't want to yeah it's so embarrassing because you're like oh, somebody's or maybe you are expecting a particular call at that point in time and you know you have your eye on your phone so midway through your show you may have to answer a call then it's some other person saying i was thinking of pitching the story out to you i'm like okay okay we'll talk later i had told people at least call me for uh, respective pr pitches especially if they are related to avaz entrepreneur the show i post for because by then markets are closed and then we can have a conversation aram se but it's just easy easiest to mail and whatsapp it's so much convenient like i'll give you an example tarun i have a former colleague who now runs her own pr agency and she connects with me every week and earlier she used to connect with me on tuesdays saying hi what are you shooting this week what's right. the conversation about maybe i could help maybe i have some maybe i represent somebody and then i told her i said listen you know i shoot on wednesdays so you need to know when a person is shooting the show as well because assuming if i'm shooting on wednesday by monday evening latest by tuesday morning my panel is locked correct and for a half an hour conversation three guests are adequate anything more than that nobody gets an opportunity to talk by then a deal's already done so there's no way that you can squeeze in someone unless it's like a big unicorn and you're like hey you know what i was trying to get this person on board and i would really love it something can happen that's a different thing so now she sends me a text on a thursday agle hafte ke liye kya soch rahe ho types okay so that works that completely works because you are helping a person also plan in advance and then 
I know X Y Z is happening, or there's some particular deal that has been spoken about, mm. which could be hot story the next week. Maybe we can touch upon it and plan accordingly for it. There's some particular policy action that is going to happen. Maybe we can plan in advance and host a particular thing coming week when eventual announcements happen. So the pre-planning always helps. Absolutely, it always helps. Any journalist, for that matter, if you give them enough time and work with their timelines. it always works better rather than trying to squeeze it in your client's timelines absolutely yeah tarun what happens is many a times and this has happened with listed companies okay where a pr person would pitch and say you know hey would you like to interview so and so and the journalist is like yeah why not let's do this and everything and mm-hmm. then guy up yeah. okay so in my mind and in my diary i've made a plan ki oh so xyz company Okay, stock is anyways doing well because by then you go and take that data out, and you know that this is going to be a good story to tell. And if the management comes on television, talks about X Y Z business plan, and right. then the PR person is vanished. So then you call back, and then they say, "Oh, we are still trying to ask the client if they can do this." So please ask your client before you come to a journalist. Absolutely, I think, or or you need to just be in touch, or you just need to tell them, you know, I'm going to be reaching out to a couple of media houses. and we're planning something for the next week it will be great if you can take time out and then you always ask journalists kitne baje isko plan kare kis time pe fix kare because i know if i want to talk to someone i would rather have them in my show that's the first priority i would give them ki i want to talk to this company please come at 1 o'clock when i'm talking to a management live if that's not happening and the management cannot change the time then i'd put it in the next best show okay right. or when they're available depending if that particular anchor is also as excited as perhaps you are so you have to or uh, talk to both parties together i think it cannot be pehle journalist ko pata le aur uske baad wo client to bol raha hai ki nahi humko baat hi nahi karni hai and it's happened to be once yeah that i was told on a tuesday afternoon not even tuesday after yeah tuesday evening that tomorrow in pune 10 am you can come for the interview and you're trying to do a two cam you're like okay wait let me see if we can send a camera across no no they want to talk to you face to face it's not possible because i'm not in pune i'm in bombay the deal right. is if a, especially if a person who's on air has to step out then a lot of planning goes into it yeah you need to be a little mindful of those things is what my suggestion is absolutely and i think that falls under for us as pr 101 but it's always nice to kind of give out a vision of it saying that these are the basic golden rules that anybody needs to follow so we are we're running out of time quick couple of last questions What would your advice be for communication and media professionals to retain sanity in this field? Because I do believe that between the client, the media, and the PR professionals, I think it's quite a mad circus that we run. I would say find a hobby that keeps you as entertained as the journalists do. <laughs> 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 Because I'm sure you guys have lots of stories to tell about journalists. You know, this person is so anal, and you call Harshita during the work hours. She'll be like nearly bite your head off and all. I'm sure you guys laugh about it. Uh, no, so yeah, but you know, Tarun, all of us need something out of our jobs, right? I so whether it is join a gym, join a yoga class, join a book reading club where you can compete how many books you've read versus someone else. Please do that. I think at this point in time, you need to think beyond your jobs so that you can stay sane in your job. That's my latest mantra during the pandemic. Absolutely. Do other things. You'll be less uh, stressed out. Seriously. Absolutely. So, if you weren't doing journalism, what would you be doing right now? Oh God, so many things. If it wasn't for the pandemic, and if I could just take off, I would be 
Andamans. Oh no, and it started raining. I would be in Maldives. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Tarun, uh, I don't know what I would be doing, but I've given this a thought many a times. I think it would have been marine conservation. I think I still have a chance at it, and if I can do it, I would totally just plunge into it whenever I get the opportunity. Absolutely, I think marine conservation is a very, very noble profession, and the more the merrier. They need more. Yeah, of course, and it comes from a very different perspective. So I've always been a person who liked the outdoors, like to go out. There was this one particular tick I had as a child that which was if people were eating sweets and there was no dustbin around, I would say meko de do, mai rapas baad mein discard kar dungi dustbin mein. Okay, so and I think it's just grown grown over a period of time where I'm like, okay, let's use less plastic. This is going to harm the environment. This is going to be good for the environment, and so that's also because of the things that I'm reading, and that's what I am channeling my positive energies towards. And because it makes me feel happy being out in the nature, I think it's just another way to pay back. So if I could do anything that could help me fulfill that dream, I would. Why not? Absolutely. So we have, and of course, I like diving. So yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I have another profession waiting for you. As in, when you decide that you know you're tired of journalism and you really, really need to do something else, then well, there's another happy one. I don't think I'll ever be tired of journalism. Believe me, I will never be tired of journalism. I could be perhaps diving and then thinking, hmm, maybe we can do a story here. And what's the best way to go about and tell this story? Because every time I go out for a holiday, there's so right. many different things, right? Uh, that can be put out for the world to know. So I don't think I'll ever be tired of journalism. But yeah, I can perhaps uh, do a different kind of journalism in the future. Interesting. So they're just saying, right? You can take the journalist out of the newsroom, but you can't take the journalist out of that person or something like that. Yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't do that. I mean, once a journalist, always a journalist. Your mind is always thinking like that, right? As to who, what, why, when, how. Absolutely. And I think I was like that since a child. I stay. I'm like that as a child. Oh, why did this happen? Oh, what did they do? It's just curiosity. So I have been a curious cat to say since childhood, and it just makes me perhaps more sound journalist now. Is what I think. It it does. It does. Any parting shots? So parting thoughts, and this is primarily for the PR community. Yeah, like you'd mentioned, please, please, please understand your medium. It's very essential. Please try and tell a story, even to the journalist, because journalists, of course, like telling their own stories. But you try and tell a story, share lots of insights, share examples. It makes life very, very easy, and this is very essential, ha, Tarun. Everyone should know this. Please don't call the journalist and say, "Can you share your email ID?" You took the effort of finding out the person's number. Please take the effort of finding out the person's email ID as well. I mean, it's not very difficult. It just gets very annoying at times. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on our podcast episode today. Really appreciate you taking out the time to speak to all of us. It's been wonderful, Tarun, and thank you so much for having me. So that was Harshita Savan speaking to us about what makes a PR pitch perfect for her. Join us again for our next episode, where we will bring you another intriguing conversation from the world of communication and PR.